welcome to Thinks Out Loud, internet marketing expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital marketing expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 323 of The Big Show, and thank you, as ever, for tuning in. You know, I've been talking a lot lately about where we're going and how we're trying to get there. And and let's be clear, I always will. I also want to take a little bit of a step back and sort of give you some bigger picture about why this is so important to me and why this should be important to you. You know, I do work with all kinds of companies, uh, a lot of hotels, a lot of people in travel, uh, some technology companies, some financial services companies, some manufacturers of heavy equipment and machinery, a little bit of pharma, a little bit of healthcare, a little bit of medical devices, a little bit of retail. Uh, obviously, travel and hospitality is about half in a normal year, though, as we well know, 2020 was not a normal year. But the other half are folks outside that space. And as you, as I look across these companies, I keep seeing the same trends. I keep seeing the same realities play out again and again and again. And obviously, they're not exactly the same. And obviously, they don't happen at exactly the same time. And obviously, they don't happen in exactly the same way. But I am very confident that they do all happen and that every company, to some degree or other, is living through the same set of circumstances and has to set themselves up to succeed given these same set of circumstances. Obviously, the term that most people use for how they adapt to this changing set of circumstances is digital transformation. And so I'm going to talk a bit about digital transformation today. I'm going to talk a bit about why it matters, but I'm going to talk mostly about what drives it, because that's really the key. And when I'm talking about digital transformation, it's not the same as digital marketing and it's not the same as e-commerce. They are all complementary elements of the same underlying reality. And so they share relationships, but they're not the same. So let's talk about what's really happening here. What's really happening here is that technology shapes customer behaviors. Customers adopt technology. And by adopt, I mean that they come to expect better, faster, more seamless service. They take it into their lives in a way that is meaningful to them. And as customers adopt technology, the market adapts. Not to technology, but to what customers do. At its core, Digital transformation is all about the customer. That's one of the reasons why I always say customer experience is queen, 
because that's what's going on. The technology itself gets invisible over time. I've done an episode about, you know, uh, Amazon Go and the boring future of technology. Because the technology sort of fades into the background, but the customer behaviors don't. Think about the things that we take for granted today and how long it took, or, or rather how quickly, customers adopted a whole set of technologies. You know, for instance, mobile. By, by about 2000, 2003, there were about a billion mobile users in the world. By 2005, there were a billion internet users. Probably around the same time, there were about a billion email users. Search is a little more complicated. Uh, Google search reached a billion users somewhere around 2010, though it's pretty likely that search overall probably reached a billion users sometime not long after the internet hit a billion users. Social reached a billion users probably no later than 2010 also, though specific social networks reached a billion users, you know, a little bit later. Facebook, for instance, reached that number in 2012. Smartphones, not coincidentally, reached a billion users in about 2012. And YouTube reached a billion users in 2013. Again, much like the relationship between Facebook and social, Internet video probably hit 1 billion users a few years before YouTube did. But obviously, YouTube has taken the lead as the dominant player in online video. Now, of course, some companies and some industries were on top of these technologies well before they hit a billion users. You know, I would argue that by the time these technologies reached a billion users, <laughs> it's not early adopters, you know, it's pretty mainstream. The real trick, if you can manage it, is to figure out which ones will go to one billion users well before they get there and just enjoy the rocket ride along the way. There are a bunch of technologies that seem to be on this same trajectory, you know, things like augmented reality, virtual reality, voice, artificial intelligence, which, to be fair, I'm using AI here as a catch-all for machine learning, natural language processing, all the other techniques that are going on to make computer programming, to make computer software development more responsive to customer needs, and, you know, of course, faster, cheaper, better. Those techniques undoubtedly already have surpassed serving more than 1 billion users. You know, they're, they're under the hood of many of the technologies, many of the tools that you use today, and an increasing number of tools every single day. So I would say that's probably got a reach of well over a billion users today. But the point is that augmented reality, virtual reality, voice, and an artificial intelligence probably are the next set of quote-unquote billion-dollar adoptees. And of course, there's all kinds of enabling technologies that either never reach those numbers or, much more commonly, do so so quietly that we don't notice them. You know, I'm thinking things like transistors and integrated circuits and capacitive touch sensors and all the other sensors used in smartphones, maybe quantum computing. 
They're not adopted, though, by consumers until products package them up in some consumer-friendly way. Now, one other point here. I keep saying the word consumers. You might be listening to this. Many of my clients are B2B companies. And you're saying, well, I don't care about consumers. I care about businesses. Well, sure. But who are you selling to in the business? You're selling to a person. You're selling to a person who has experiences all day, every day, as a consumer. And it is shaping their behaviors, too. Usually, not always, but usually a little bit behind when, you know, quote-unquote consumer adoption happens or the consumer adoption in the marketplace happens. But they're still exhibiting changed behaviors. That's what I mean by adoption. Once consumers start behaving differently, it's pretty safe to say they've adopted the technology. They've adopted this into their lives in a meaningful and useful way. And once they adopt, you must adapt. Companies must adapt their products, their services, their channels, their marketing to address those customer demands. That's why you know, digital marketing and e-commerce and things like that are related to this because they are responses to a changed customer behavior. They are responses to the way customers now say, how do I find the things that I'm looking for that solve for my needs? How do I buy the products and services that will help me meet my needs? So they're very much of a piece to one another. They're very much connected to one another. Digital, digital technologies, the internet, smartphones, mobile, search, social, email, video, etc. They are all, they are both the driver and the enabler of the adoption and the adaptation. One of the challenges that you have, and I did a podcast episode about this a couple of years ago, is that as companies adapt, as these technologies come into the marketplace, they become easier for your competitors to adopt too, right? It makes digital makes it easier for everyone to compete, which then makes it harder for everyone to compete because there are more players. There are fewer barriers to entry. There are lower, lower walls, uh, shallower moats. And you have to be able to adapt to that increased competitive threat too. But it's more about, are you responding to the needs of your customers? This is what digital transformation really is. You've probably heard me say digital transformation is business transformation. If you were starting your company today, knowing how customers behave today, knowing what tools and services exist to enable you to support your customers today, would you do the things that you do right now to serve those needs? Of course not. You would do many activities differently. You would take many actions differently. You would think about your products and your services and your marketing and your channels differently because the world is different. And so digital transformation is the process of asking the questions of, if I were starting my company right now, knowing how the world is right now, 
What would my company look like? What would I do to make sure I was doing what was best for the needs of my customer? Because again, digital transformation is all about the customer. It's not the technology that matters. It's the behaviors. And we have to think about what are the behaviors that matter for the next 5 to 10 to 15 years. And some of these are pretty obvious. You know these. You've heard me talk about them, oh, I don't know, many, many times over the last however many years I've had this show and over the last 15 or 20 years that I've had my blog. You know, we're talking about things like Internet Everywhere, which shouldn't be a surprise at this time. We live in a world of constant connectivity. That's not going to change. We know about radical transparency. Your customers know everything. We can know a lot about them. Yes, privacy concerns are getting big, and I think that's going to be a big thing. That's another one where we're seeing customers adopt an attitude about privacy. The information asymmetry that we've enjoyed for years, where we knew more about our products and services and prices and contract terms and the like than our customers did, that information advantage is moving away from businesses and towards customers. When we talk about big data, we're really talking about an outcome of radical transparency of all of the data we can collect. But you need ways to put that data together in a realistic, meaningful, useful way for your company and for your customer experiences. That's where AI comes in. AI is another enormous trend, though I'm going to roll that into another one in just a second. Another huge change, of course, is the changing of the guard, the aging of boomers and Gen X and the rise of millennials and Gen Z, and the fact that those audiences, those customers, have grown up with these technologies. So their behaviors are different because they've come to these as a clean slate. They don't think about them as technology. They've become invisible, the technologies. They just think about them the way, you know, somebody my age or older thinks about a light switch or thinks about a TV. It's not technology. It's just a thing that exists. Now, because of these other elements, we are getting into a world where it's all e-commerce, where people expect fast, quick, simple service at a click. That also enables, and I was talking about this a moment ago, where digital makes it easy for everybody, which makes it harder for everybody, right? We, we enter a world of disruption and disintermediation. Your competitors aren't necessarily who you think they are. When we talk about you being turned into a hidden intermediary, or we talk about changes in the environment where suddenly you're saying, how am I competing with Google? Well, that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago because there was nobody who could enter the market in an oblique way, in a, in a sideways door to say, I can serve the customer in a completely different way. You know, and think about things like Uber Eats or DoorDash and the rise of cloud kitchens if you're a restaurant. Think about Airbnb if you are a hotel. Think about, oh, I don't know, uh, Service Advisor or TripAdvisor or Yelp if you're a retailer or you're a plumber that suddenly opens the door to lots of other people that you didn't even know existed. 
And of course, I mentioned a moment ago, artificial intelligence. Well, I think we're entering a, a world of augmented experiences. And I would include voice and augmented reality and virtual reality and AI together as ways that new experiences are being invented on the fly that work for customers based on their understanding of the way the world works, things that are seamless that they don't even have to think about. That's where I expect we're going to see lots of innovation and are seeing lots of innovation currently, what we're going to see over the next 10 years. And as, when I talk about the future, that's the stuff I'm paying attention to because that's where we're going to see big changes in the way customers interact because of new tech adoption that is happening right now. So I said customers adopt and markets adapt. So how can you adapt? Well, first, most importantly, you have to embrace adaptation. You have to embrace the fact that we live in a world of digital transformation. You have to embrace the fact that the business you are in or have been in for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years may not be the business you're going to be in for the next 5 or 10 years. We're coming out of a year of pandemic. Things aren't going to go back. As I've said before, they can only go forward. You need to recognize that we live in a changed world. And more importantly, that we always will. The world of 2025 or 2030 or 2035 isn't going to look exactly like the world of 2021. Yes, we know about the famous Jeff Bezos quote that there are behaviors and desires that won't change. Yes, we know about the famous uh, Bill Gates quote that we always overestimate changes that will occur in the next two years and underestimate changes that will occur in the next 10. What we have to also do is not ignore that customer adaptation, adoption of technologies that make their lives easier and better is one of the things that won't change. Faster, cheaper, better is a constant that 10 years from now to expect that customers will expect the same experiences that they have today is probably going to get you in big trouble. And another thing that won't change is winning by understanding what your customer wants. Other ways you can adapt are to recognize, as I've talked about many times, and I'll link to these in the show notes, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them now, but this idea that customer that content is king, customer experience is queen, and data is the crown jewels. Putting those facts to use, putting that framework to use in a way that helps you adapt to the needs of your customers is what that's all about. We need to recognize that agile matters. You've heard me say this before, that practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. It's about getting faster and more resilient and more responsive to the needs of your customers and doing it in a way that is very comfortable for your business. You know, Mark Benioff likes to say that speed is the new currency of business. The only way you can get fast is if you know how to do what you're doing regularly. That's really what being agile is all about. You want to slow the game down for yourself because we know it's faster. You need to take a step back, focus on the bigger picture, and improve your agility 
so that you can move quickly while you're looking at the game, you know, quote unquote, slowly while you're thinking about it in bigger picture terms. And then the last thing that you want to think about is what does your brand represent to your customers? What do you offer that's truly differentiated? Why do your customers care about what you do? How can you help them succeed at their goals? Because when you truly adapt, you're focused on the needs of the customer and using digital to enable that experience. You're not, you know, building your business around technology. You're building it around the customer. Digital transformation is all about the customer. And if we try to think about things that won't change, I'm pretty confident that's something that won't change either. So remember, digital transformation is all about the customer. Customers adopt and markets adapt. You can adapt too. I know you can. I can't wait to see what you do. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank you once again for listening. I I genuinely appreciate the fact that you tune in again and again and again. I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, and there's going to be a fair number of them, (laughs) as well as an archive of all past episodes by going to timpeter.com slash podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 323. While you're there, please don't forget that you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes that you see to get Things Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Things Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Just do a search for Tim Peter Thinks, Tim Peter Thinks Out Loud, or Thinks Out Loud. We should show up for any of those. While you're there, I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide us a positive rating or review. It helps new listeners find us. It helps them understand what the show is all about. It helps get the word out about Things Out Loud. It just means so much to me personally, and I would very, very much appreciate it. You can also find Things Out Loud on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Associates. You can find us on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash Associates. You can find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at TCPeter. And of course, you can email me by sending an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Just as I do every week, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Thinks Out Loud is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment uses machine learning, natural language processing, and a whole bunch of very cool AI technology to help understand customer behavior and personalize the experience the customers have on large enterprise B2B websites. Solo Segment does this using anonymous behavioral data to connect website visitors to the content that matters to them and helps customers accomplish their goals to drive conversions for your business. They do all of this while protecting customer privacy. You can learn more about Solo Segment and all of the fantastic work that they're doing by going to solosegment.com. Again, that's solosegment.com. With that said, I want to say once again how much I appreciate you tuning in every week. I, it means a ton to me 
I, I would not do this show without you. It's just the best thing in the world that I get to have a chance to talk with you every couple of days or every week or so. And the fact that you tune in means so much to me. I think if I've learned anything over the past year, it's how important the people around me are. And candidly, you are a big part of those people. So thank you so much. With that said, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will look forward to speaking with you here on Things Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as ever, take care, everybody. Thank you.